I guess I'll just do this and we'll we'll go. We are two dudes who review books. You ready for this? All right. I also I think we should just repeat it a couple times and see what happens. <laughs> sure. Right. Okay, ready? Ready. We, we are, are two, two dudes who <laughs> review books. books. Oh we are... my word. We're terrible. Oh, we gotta re- we gotta refer to a lot. We okay, didn't ready? count down. There's a problem. Okay, okay here. All right. three, two, one. We, we are, are two, two dudes, dudes who review, review books. books. We are two dudes, two dudes who review, review books. books. We are, we two, are two, dudes two dudes who review, who review books. books. Oh, okay, that is not going to work. <laughs> wow. <laughs> let's, let's try I'm not this. trying to sabotage I'm your host, Jason Lafferty. I'm your host, Dylan Dentremont. We are two dudes who review books. My dude. My dude. What's up, dude? We are we are here to talk about a book. I think that's what we do. I'm I was supposed sure to read a book. You were we were supposed to read a book. Oh you've you've okay. 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 So you've read, you've read, we've we've read this book. Okay. Read this uh, book. Thank goodness. Okay. Now now i one okay so this we gotta we gotta mention this this is our second time doing this podcast because the first time somebody we're not going to name names yeah we're uh, no we're, we're not, not going to name we're names. not going to name names jason we're not going to name names <laughs> not going to name names, name names. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out dylan uh, nah. we're not naming names but we're this is the second time recording this podcast because something happened to the last file but that's something okay. Mysterious. Something, something mysterious. That's okay because this book, I probably could spend multiple podcasts talking about. I love this book. We're talking about the happiness equation. Oh, thank goodness! I've read it. Yeah, I, you're okay. right. You've I've read. read it. You've read the happiness equation. Now, okay. What we didn't when we were doing all our like beforehand stuff, we didn't talk about how to say Neil's name. Do you remember how to say Neil's last name? His it's 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 a mouthful. Uh, I just um, he and I are on a first name basis. Uh, I just, just go by I Neil. Just call Neil. Yeah, Neil. So, I stick with Neil. Uh, and if people ask for specifics, I just say Neil P. Pa- Pasricha. I think that's right. Pasricha. 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 Yeah. Pasricha. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just I like it's spelled. I have this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I have this. So the happiness equation by uh, neil pasricha pasricha i found this book and it was 2020 early 2020 mm-hmm. i found this book because i it, i wanted to read about happiness and this was early 2020 before the world kind of i had this set in motion before the world kind of started to fall apart type thing yeah yeah. I'm like, I want to read about happiness and what makes me happy, what keeps me happy. Um, and then uh, a little thing in 2020 happens. Uh, there's a, a global pandemic. Um, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so global, uh, that, yeah. that's craziness. Yeah. A global pandemic. Um, I'm not sure if it happened where you are, but it happened where I am for sure. Uh, uh, I, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it happened where I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and it, I feel like it was very coincidental that this was this was one of the books that happiness. Just me reading about happiness in general, like I, I read multiple books, happiness and reading about happiness in general. When this pandemic is going on, I, I do feel like there was like this like like moment of luck that happened for me because it's like how does someone choose to read about happiness when a pandemic starts? Because now you kind of set in motion some like skills and mindset for how to deal with a pandemic. Hopefully I don't have to like deal with a pandemic again. And it's just the one. Yeah. I'm hoping with. we just, just have the one episode, uh, just, the one pandemic yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> one. Yeah. I hope this is not a reoccurring season. 
Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, when we talked about this book last time, we really focused on one secret, and that is secret six, creating space. Yeah. Um, but a, a quick review, there are nine secrets. As I, as I look down, you can see at the top of my head as I look down and read these, these nine secrets to you. And that is, uh, number one, be happy first. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, do it for you. Uh, number three uh, is remember the lottery. Number four, which is never retire. Number five, overvalue you. Number six, which we'll be discussing further, mm-hmm. create space. Uh, number seven, just do it. Number eight, be you. And number nine, don't take advice. And, and I feel like we could sit down and do a, an episode or two or even three, uh, really, frankly, about any of these chapters. They're all good oh, yeah. stuff. Um, I know that there's a lot of reasons that secret number six resonates with me and particularly the parallels with what what was going on and my mindset during the pandemic, I think was really chapter or secret number six, I think was really instructive. Um, Some great tips for how to deal with that kind of stuff. So I'm glad we're digging into it, man. So what what was your big takeaway when you first read secret number six creating space you know i had also read this before uh the pandemic and then kind of circled back around to it um and what i realized was that in secret six it it talks about making space um and and he has a little a little scribble that he does he calls his little graphic aid scribbles where it's just basically a box with four sections. And uh, on the on the y-axis, the uppy-downy axis, <laughs> uppy um, downy. it's, it's uh, kind of the amount of, uh, what was it, thinking that you're doing. And then on the x-axis, it's how much action you're taking. So if you're in that high thinking, high action that upper right hand corner box that's called the burn box where you're thinking hard and working hard and that's where i felt like i was during the first three months of the pandemic as we all kind of adjusted to working from home life and also having kids also working from home life and having spouses also also working from home life and all the stress that was associated with all that. Um, And as difficult as that was, the burn space is compensated for to a certain extent by the lower left-hand box, which is the space box. And uh, Neil's argument is that the space box is not just a convenient spot to catch your breath, but is actually critical, not, not kind of okay, but critical in facilitating uh, creative endeavor. Uh, what, what part of that think, or excuse me, we talked about the burn box a little bit, but what do you remember about that space box that resonated with you? So what I really liked is, is that, that parallel that he makes, because, uh, you know, we were, I was in it during the pandemic, this burn is adapting to, and, you know, focused on uh, personal safety and psychological safety with everything going on in the world. Mm-hmm and that that go 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 and finding that i also have all this free time which you would think that oh okay i have space but that wasn't necessarily true i I did have free time i did but i wasn't wasn't able to see friends and i you know i i had my little my little huddle my little tribe my little bubble whatever you want to call it but i really wasn't creating space for myself and creating that space is just one of those things is once I started learning that trick, it was actually putting time on my calendar and 
and finding ways to create space for myself to step out of the burn, which there's nothing wrong with the burn. The high thinking, high doing is, is, is something that is, is important for Mm -hmm. life, but it's not sustainable. Just like space isn't sustainable. Right. Yeah. If you're in space all the time, uh, that's, that's not good either. That's not mentally healthy. And, you know, the book also talks about, he talks about Jim Crocker, who was an engineer at NASA, who was, uh, they were trying to wrap their heads around what to do about repairing the Hubble Space Telescope. I'm sure you've heard of that big old doodad in the sky. Um, But, you know, um, he he was trying to solve this problem and uh, he gets home exhausted at the end of a long day. And instead of putting in, you know, 16, 20 hours, he he goes back to his hotel and he, he goes into the shower. And he's just in there, he's breathing the steam, he's taking a breath and finding some space and realizes as he looks up that the arm of the shower curtain, in Europe apparently they have a different style of shower curtain arm, but that that arm, the way it was constructed, was in fact exactly what NASA needed to be thinking about in terms of engineering a solution to their Hubble Space Telescope problem. If he was busy slaving away over engineering drawings at the office, he he never would have stumbled across that, right? So finding that space, being able to step away from the work, step away from the work and just let things percolate um, is really critical to a lot of these advancements. Um, And the chapter also goes on to kind of talk about a a few different ways that you can find that space, right? Obviously, just like if your apartment was overcrowded, you needed space. What do you got to do? You got to remove some stuff. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you gotta, you've got to remove stuff. And this is one of those things, you know, yeah, I look at, at people that, you know, they have this work-life balance issue, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm coaching someone and they're, they're having this work-life balance issue, but they're, they're going home, but they're not stepping away from work. They're sure. not, they're not turning their, they're like, okay, I'm going home, but I'm going to go home and I'm continue working on X. I'm going to mm-hmm. continue doing whatever this is. Mm-hmm. And they're not actually creating space. They're not allowing their brain to, to process. They're not, you know, they're not focusing on a hobby of cooking or whatnot. Sure. They are just continuing to go. And, you know, you're, if you don't allow that to happen, I think Neil, Neil called them the three B's, if I'm not mistaken, uh, bath, what was it? bed bath bus bed bath and beyond no bus yeah bus was the third one not beyond bed bed, bath bus bed bath yeah and and really you know you look it wasn't so uh you talked about um uh nasa and uh was it them figuring out the hubble taste uh telescope and so the same thing was for for isaac newton is he figured out displacement by sitting in a bathtub and he wasn't trying to figure out displacement he sat in a full bathtub and water came out of it and you know he's like oh eureka i i've i have figured this out and it's these it's these times of you figuring out things by not thinking about them and letting your brain process them in a way uh was that newton or was that archimedes pretty sure it was newton was it newton am i crossed up okay you know you know if i'm wrong someone will fact check me and be like hey you're hey you're wrong on this (laughs) you know and i i do believe i should give credit where credit's due and you know i i'm humble enough to say that maybe i'm not right on this fair enough Fair well, yeah, you just you have this you have this world of burn, 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 go, 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 and mm-hmm. you have to create space for yourself. And that was my biggest takeaway from the book. I mean, every chapter, I feel like I took something away, but this space scribble, this point, was like, 
a, a very much so eye opener for someone who is a very outgoing. I want to socialize with everybody. I want to be everybody's buddy. I want to high five. I want to do, you know, I want to know everybody's name and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hellish to go to the airport with me. Like, <laughs> 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 I know everybody's name in TSA, guys. <laughs> <laughs> They're all my buddies. But, but yeah, you know, you, it's that it's that burn, 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 go, 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 and that's that's the life we live in. Yeah, and uh, I I, I want to say more people should have found space in the pandemic, but I don't think that's true. I, I think they just found other ways to stay in the burn. I, I think that you're right. And even, you know, just because you're not in burn, that doesn't mean that you're in space, right? Yeah. There, there's still the thinking and doing boxes. Yes. And I think that your, your idea reflecting back on the bed, bath, bus idea, when, when you're in a bath, you know, those are the times or, or in bed or on a bus, you, if you're not doing anything else, those are this, the times, the places where, where your mind is just kind of free to wander. Um, some people have this very nasty B word uh, that they use, and I'm, I'm going to throw it down here. I hope we don't have to bleep it out, but it's boredom bored <laughs> i don't think we have to bleep out bo- we, we don't have to bleep should. that one out we probably should bleep out boredom but yeah <laughs> it's that <laughs> no it's that you're driving home and it's like i have to have the radio on sure yeah sit sit in silence for for 10 minutes mm-hmm. sit in silence mm-hmm. for five minutes just yeah. let your brain process for mm-hmm. five minutes don't call anybody if you need to text whoever you need to and say, Hey, I'm on my way. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll call you in 10. I'm on my way. Mm-hmm. But that just sitting in silence, it, it makes a, a world of difference. I remember driving home and I used to drive home and I would like, I was listening, like my obsession with books, I'm listening to books on the way home mm-hmm. and I'm getting home and my brain is still thinking about work. I'm like, oh yeah, and I'm, I'm gonna think about work. And then I, I switched and I started listening to like barbecue podcasts mm. or you know, cooking podcasts. And so I shift my focus of what my brain is now thinking about. Yeah. I'm no longer thinking about work. I'm thinking about, oh, how do I cook delicious foods? Sure, yeah. But you're even at that, right? And that's tempting, right? Because you're like, yeah. well, at least I'm not thinking about work. Yeah. But are you in space? I, you know what, I, I, I'm not because I'm, I'm at that point in time. I'm in that upper left hand corner, mm-hmm. which is is thinking. Yeah, why, probably why I should be doing, which is driving. But, <laughs> <laughs> I think I, that's why he said yeah. bus, uh, <laughs> yeah. not Volkswagen. Um. <laughs> yeah, but well, buses is commute because the other yeah. part about it is you, you don't, you have people that you know you're talking i i feel like i've had this conversation with with many of people that they're like i don't know how to separate between work and home because work is home yeah during the pandemic yeah i mean you during the pandemic you mm -hmm. spent a lot of time literally yeah yeah at doing both yeah and i had the realization you know, my commute, I've always been very fortunate that my commute's been very short, but they've done research um, over the years about like that the average commute, you know, I, some people, uh, some people who live in more populated areas are going to disagree with this, but bear with me, but that the average commute is around 20 to 30 minutes and that it actually serves a purpose inside of our brain because it allows you to mentally task switch, almost like Mr. Rogers. It's like you're, you're getting out of one set of shoes, you're getting out of one coat. It gives you time to switch to the other coat. And you know, that's tangentially related. I'm sorry, do, do we have to bleep that one out too, tangentially? No. Well, one, tangentially. 
uh, I love that we're throwing in words that, you know, the, the big words, you know, but I also love, I, my laugh was the Mr. Rogers switching coats. <laughs> that was my laugh because it's true. It's you're going from one thing to another, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He, he, he created that boundary of I'm going from one thing to another. And you could basically do a, a switching coat, maybe not here in the Northwest, but you could do a switching coat by just going out and walking around the house twice. Mm-hmm right you're 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 creating that that space from work by by walking the house Mm -hmm. and i'll actually say that one of the things that i started doing for the longest time now it it struggled in the pandemic a little bit because being around people weird yeah Uh, but i would literally um i would walk out of the office Mm -hmm. and i would walk around the building a couple times just walk around mm-hmm. the building a couple times and then go back inside and i would do that on my lunch break because now i'm not eating lunch at my desk sure hoovering down yesterday's leftovers mm-hmm. while i'm reading emails sure like it, it helps create that that space yeah so well what are what are some other ways obviously we can't spend our whole life on the bus my dude uh, so <laughs> we can't what... spend my, my dude we cannot spend our whole life but i mean so but the, the 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 bed bath and bus they're all they're all a you're you're thinking before you 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 go to sleep the mm-hmm. bath you're thinking you're thinking you know like the nasa dude he's thinking as he's in the shower he, he's created this space right um what we haven't talked about so we talked about a little bit so we talked about burn we talked about space and the upper left hand corner is that think right yeah mm-hmm. i am thinking I, I i'm thinking 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 and it i that is someone i actually use thinking as a procrastination tool which is mm-hmm. not which is not great mm-hmm. um but in that bottom right hand corner that is the low think high action which is the doing mm-hmm. which that is hey i've thought about it i know what i'm gonna do let's go make it happen and um what really what neil says is that you're in one of these four at one point in time Mm -hmm. in one of at one point in time you're in one of these four and then you could switch and i think what the book really helped me do is starting to create the switch I'm sure. going to, I I'll, I'll put on my calendar. This is my, my thinking time, or this is my, my space time. This is my, my doing time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll, I'll go in and map that out for myself. And it allows me to bounce back and forth really easy. Yeah. Um, now he talks about, and I don't really, I'm trying to, I think as I make this transition, I'm trying to uh, remember everything he said about it, but he talks about choice, time, and access. And the one yeah. actually I remember the most mm-hmm. is access. For sure. Beca- because of this whole, this whole part of uh, the, the thinking burn and space is access. I started changing the frequency I, I read emails, the alerts I get on my phones, all those things. So I'm limiting. And I know, I know you have, you have some phone rules yourself about, you know, when you access phone and when you, you know, when you don't access phone and say, Hey, this is, I'm not going to let this thing be this, this Pavlonian yeah pavlonian we can go pavlonian right pavlonian yeah no the judges approve you're in yeah okay i'm in so (laughs) some pavlonian response of oh ding ding oh let's let's go into it Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that what i remember when those three um uh that was the big one that i walked away from is just limiting access to how people can get a hold of me you know if they can get a hold of me from a phone call an email a text message a, a a facebook message a you know whatever that message is that's 
you know, that's a little rough. Um, well, and you've also seen this, this, I say you in a very general way, we, we've all seen this over time. Look, back in the day before electronic devices, really the only time you, <laughs> you talked to, to work people or to your boss was when you were at work, you know, standing on the factory floor or in the kitchen or, or at the school or wherever you were doing whatever your place of work was. Um, that was when you talked and acted and, and did your work stuff. Um, but now with devices being ubiquitous and us basically having a, a computer in our pocket at all times that has made it so that we uh, have the capability of not only accessing a ton of information and people really at the drop of a dime, um, but that means that they also have access to us. And I think that's problematic um, because it does crowd out your space. Um, you were talking about establishing rules around um, phone use. I, I have a few rules around uh, not just phone use. I don't want to sound too fuddy duddy ish. Um, but like, for example, in get, a, my, my, get a flip phone and then yeah, no yeah. one can get a hold of you. I tried that. I tried backsliding once to a flip phone. That did not go well. Um, but uh, you know, on my on my email signature line, one thing that I established early in the pandemic was I put uh, the last line of my emails is I check emails between eight and I think four or five. I don't remember the tail end number, but the the next sentence was, "Do not expect email from me outside of this time." And I found that just putting it on there, just putting that on there. I established an expectation for other people for when they would expect email to or from me. And also it established an expectation for myself. And we talk about having a commute to be able to switch. It gave me a very specific time that the computer closes. I break away from the, the job side of things, the teaching side of things, and I transition to doing what I really enjoy doing, right? Which is being a dad uh, and taking care of my daughters and being able to make that switch. And uh, I'm sorry, there's a, there's a really great line uh, in this particular chapter. It, he, uh, Neil attributes it to his quote, friend Mike, um, <laughs> who says, screwing up two things at the same time isn't multitasking. And I just think that's great. I think that's a really great quote because guess what? If if I'm, you know, on my phone checking text messages while I'm trying to to play a game with my daughters or teach them how to shoot a bow and arrow or something like that, I'm screwing up two things. I'm not present for whoever is texting me and I'm not present for my daughters either. So I, being I love able that to... I love that transition you just made. If I, you know, but... <laughs> But, but you know, teaching them how to play board games or a, a bow and arrow, or you know, you know, sometimes the board yeah. games don't go so well. You need a target. Yeah. Boom! The, yeah. the activities they just transition yeah. right to each other. Just, we're, we're you know we're got adults out there. We're, we're <laughs> medieval weapons, you know. Just well, I want to make sure they're rounded out. Yeah, I need them to be well-rounded individuals. But yeah, um, you know, I I I I get that. Re going, it's it's about giving attention to things. Yeah, mindfulness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're making a purposeful intention, and you're also you're you're setting a, a a boundary. I will not do this. Yeah. Don't expect an email from me during this time. Like you're also setting yeah. an example. Uh, yeah. you, there are a lot of parents. I know some parents who complain and huff and grump about their teenagers being nostril deep in their phones <laughs> every moment of the day they are disregarding their parents and again i'm not trying to curmudgeon here what i'm trying to do is put my finger in the air and say where do you think they learned that behavior yeah it's and and yes some of it is probably their peers but some of it is certainly the adults that are involved in the equation. So the expectation that I'm also forwarding to my children is that your relationships 
And yes, I know that we build relationships on phones too. I get it. <laughs> um, but again, screwing up two things at the same time is a multitasking. So if you have people in front of you, it is actually more beneficial to be mindful and tend to them. Yeah. You need to hop on your phone. Hey, hop on your phone. Do what you got to do. But now switch back. The no. human brain is not particularly good. We like to believe uh, that the human brain is good at multitasking. It, it's, it's, uh, they actually go into this in the book that we think computers are multitasking when what they're actually doing is switching back and forth between two tasks faster than we can tell the difference. Yeah. And yeah. our brains are even worse at it. Ultimately, it's the same amount of CPU time. And you're really <laughs> just doing a terrible, you're just doing a terrible job at two things at once. So slow down and be mindful and, and focus in. And that's what he's talking about when he talks about removing access to your brain is that there, it is impossible to find space if you were always in your phone. Exactly. You, you cannot, you cannot. It, you know, it makes me think of, uh, there's a, a great Ron Swanson quote, uh, don't uh, half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, whole-ass one thing. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so as you're talking about this, you know, you were, we're talking about boundaries. But what you also did is it was so it, he talked about choice, time and access. Right. And so we're talking about limited access. But in in choice, he talks about automate, regulate, and what's the other one it's effectuate effectuate automate mm -hmm. regulate and effectuate and there's and, actually a fourth one which is debate oh that's right debate yeah right but you what you did it, by putting that in your email and putting that out there you you're you're regulating mm -hmm. you are setting an expectation you're you're saying hey this is this is what's going to happen and, and that's a choice. And we make, when we go and we limit these choices, that also changes how we're in burn. Mm -hmm. When we go and we say, hey, we're going to automate these things. We're going to make them just happen for us automatically, right? Yeah. And we're, we're going to regulate these things. And we're going to do all these things that really change how we approach choice. And I remember... <laughs> I remember, you know, I'm I'm getting married and I'm at mm -hmm. uh, I'm at Macy's and I'm excited. I get to scan everything, mm -hmm. and then the wife's like, "Do you want this plate or this plate? Do you want this flatware or this flatware?" And by the time we're done, we're like, I "I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I, I'm done." Because it would have been easier if I automated it and just told somebody, said, "Hey, curate this for me. These are the things we like." Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm um but well you, you and just... you know what you're what you're getting at here is how how do we get space right and he calls them you're 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 right i think you're right where i am which is that to create space we got to remove some junk right and the first removal is removing the number of decision points in our lives right you make almost 300 conservatively pretty close to 300 decisions a day so that any number of those that you can regulate, which is making a rule for, which you, no. that, that was what you called out in my, my email yeah. in a good way, right? Like I'm making a rule for this. I don't, I'm not staring at my email at, at 5.30 at night, right before dinner, trying to decide if I'm going to answer an email. I'm not even on email because guess what? I've already established a rule. I've regulated that decision. Um, but the other, the, the, the other removals that you're talking about is, is being able to remove the amount of time we waste, right, by leveraging Parkinson's law, which we can get to later. And then removal <laughs> number three, which we logically started with, which was removing access to your brain, right? Yeah. But no, you're getting at something really important, which is the, the more of those 285-ish decisions a day, um, which, by the way, is exhausting, um, the more of those that you can regulate or automate, the, that those, those are decisions that you don't really need to make anymore. You don't have to burn cognitive energy. Um, and the more energy you burn, it's, it's just hard, right? There's that word again, burn, right? Yeah. It's harder and harder to be present, to be mindful, to be your best self, to be your best husband, to be the best dad, 
or, or wife or daughter or son that, that you can be for the people in your life that need you and love you. So finding ways to pare down those 285 exhausting decision points in an average day um, is pretty important. Um, but the other one, the other two, effectuate just means just do it. You got to take the trash out. It takes you two minutes. Just do it. Right? Just get it. Just get it done. Yep. Just as, as I'm getting ready for this podcast, I'm like, okay, I got to do some dishes and stuff mm-hmm. tonight. And I keep going, getting closer and closer and I'm minding the time and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll get, I'll take care and I'll put those, put the leftovers away after the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I look at the clock and I'm like, I've got, I got time. Yeah. I got 30 minutes before I need to be in front of the computer. Mm-hmm. It's going to take me five minutes. Like just, just do it. Now just I know it. when I go upstairs, it's done. I don't, Yep. I'm good. I, I can now spend time with the wife. It's, it's done. Like, well, that's also, by the way, that's less time that you spend kind of carrying that decision around with you. And by the way, if you don't do it now, you're going to leave. You're going to come back. And guess what? You're going to go through that whole process all over again. You're going to I'm have to think make- about, and I'm thinking yes. about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. and this is the, this even talks when you think about listening, when you're having a conversation and you're holding on to somebody, cause you want to make a point, mm-hmm. you want to make a point, you want to make a point. You've now stopped listening to them. Yep. You've now, you're not listening. You're, you're, you're going, Oh, I gotta, I gotta make this point. And you're not, so you have to go and you have to let that process and whether that's writing it down and going, writing myself a to-do note or, hey, I want to circle back to this so I can continue to focus. But whatever that is, if you, if you, if you allow it to build up, you're going to put yourself in the state of burn because you're thinking about, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. When you could have just gone, I did this, this, and this, yep. and now I'm able to put myself in space yeah you're and if when you effectuate you're casting off that that decision is now behind you right you've you've bumped it away you've completed what you needed to do but that also leaves room for the last category which is debate Um, which is which was that was what a club debate club yeah that's that is currently a club it is i I think people still debate Okay. It's kind of it's up for debate. It's up. It's up for debate if there's a debate club. <laughs> what what dad jokes do we have? You know, I got them for days. I got lots <laughs> of practice. Got them for days. Okay, so let's talk about debate. Well, but the, I think the idea is that look, ultimately, out of your 285 decisions, I I think his argument was that people tend to debate more than they need to. Once you get really, if you look at all the decisions that are routine, um, that you can pretty much regulate by generating a rule for, like my email one, or, you know, I save money when I have more than a $1,000 in checking or whatever you want to make a rule for, or automate, which is just, I wear a, a, a polo shirt and cargo pants. Boom. That's what I wear, wear them to work all the time. That is now an automatic right? Yeah. It's like Taco it's, Tuesday. It's now automated, right? It's, it's just like, something that happens. Like a, <laughs> I, I wish Taco Tuesday was more automated. I do wish it was more life. automated Why? as well. It might not have been the best example, but you know, I, I, but it, the example, I mean, I do wear to work every day. I'm not even to work every day, just every day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? I wear a gray t-shirt in blue jeans. Mm-hmm, every mm-hmm. day no matter what i'm doing unless okay my my one caveat if it's hot outside i have khaki shorts to go with it but oh fancy i i've yeah I, I class it up a little from <laughs> but i i have now i've i've set something in motion mm-hmm. that this is this is what i wear and it frees up brain power I, yeah I, I got gray t-shirts to wash and that's what i wear yeah well, yeah, and he all... talks about it in his book where there was a guy that took it to the extreme. Oh, yeah. Where the guy took it to the extreme and it was like his coworker or something like that. And he had 
like 30 of everything. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, a couple gray, I have gray t-shirts for the week. I have blue jeans for the week, but this guy took it for the month. Yep. He was doing laundry once a month. He had, he had everything, skivvies, pants, shirts, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. He had it all. And, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, that, that is an extreme thing, but it allowed him to, to save, I forget what they say in the book, but it allowed them to save time, a decent amount of time on what you were doing. Yeah. The, the guy, the guy in question actually did the math, uh, Neil's buddy who Neil's buddy, Neil's dude, Neil, Neil's dude, his dude, uh, did the math and, uh, yeah, found that it was, it was more worthwhile for him to operate that way. The amount of time that he saved was significant, not having to do laundry, you know, once or twice a week, not having to make those decisions. You know, he could roll out of bed. He put a shirt on. He's only got one kind of shirt hanging in his closet. He puts the shirt on. He's only got one kind of pants hanging in his closet. He puts the pants on. He's only got one kind of socks in his sock store, puts the socks on. So on and so forth, so forth. And he can get out of the door while, you know, his colleagues are hemming and hawing, whether it should be pinstripes or purple. Right. So I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And if you're in a job where that works for you, um, you know, I know I've certainly been in jobs and I'm in a job right now where that could definitely work. (laughs) You just can get up and do something similar, if not the same every day, or even just breaking it down to a different day a week. It's, it's Monday, it's polo shirt Monday, or it's, it's yeah. uh, Hawaiian shirt Friday or whatever the case may be, right? Whatever works for you in your blue work shirt Tuesday, yeah. blue shirt Tuesday. And, and I want to say like, um, Obama did this with his suits. He had white and blue shirts mm-hmm, and they were just mm-hmm. hung up and you just, pick the next one in line and that's what it was yep you know black suit white and blue and you just okay this is the next shirt Mm -hmm. in line and stuff like that yeah yeah for those really heavy duty decisions though you do got to debate and that just means to really sit down and think about the pros and cons of a particular decision and it can be with another person or not Um, you're going to have to make a lot of decisions on your own i think the point that he was making though in that whole in in the whole consolidating of decision-making section was that we have 285 decisions that we make and we probably debate on too many of them. Um, and it, that we and it could takes prob- brain power. Yes, absolutely. And it is exhausting to debate 285 decisions. And you should probably really save debate for the you know 12 decisions you have every day that are actually of consequence what pants to put on is not really of consequence i think uh, neil would probably argue well and this is where the wife gets mad at me she'll be debating over a color to paint a room mm. and she's like what color do you think and i'm like i don't know choose three mm-hmm. choose the choose three and i'll give you my opinion on what i think mm-hmm. like i i don't want to i don't want to sit there and spend a saturday standing in front of the paint swatches going this one this one or this one i I don't really care that much Uh it's 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 paint we're good and i trust your opinion sure wife just make a decision so she'll she'll get mad at me and she'll be like no i want your input i'm like okay well again pick three and we'll I'll, i'll give you my input on what we think and then i'll just step into that doing space and i'll do the work for you there you go we did a similar my wife and i would do a similar method where instead of choosing you know we we maybe through some other process uh had maybe picked like five movies obviously we can't watch five movies in a night (laughs) because we're getting old now um but to narrow it down to one uh instead of picking a movie we would eliminate a movie, right? So right. instead of me making a decision about flipping oh, gosh, it on the you ends, know, you're, you're you know, the, I just yeah. be exactly clipping off the ends. And of course, the last person to choose, they do have a little bit of a tough call because now they are really picking the movie for the other person. But by then, the stuff that you don't want to watch has already been eliminated, right? So yeah. even that though is a way of um, 
almost like uh, imposing imparting a process onto something to try to reduce the cognitive load that the participants are bearing by having to make these decisions. Yeah. And I think that was his point is that by consolidating decision-making, we can remove in point of fact, a lot of the unnecessary decision-making from our life, thereby making room for space. Love it. I love it. I, you know, I, I feel like we could talk about this one chapter and how it's changed our lives mm. for, for hours. Um, cause it, it really has changed how, how we've both approached things. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, I went in, I went into a day, a day to day, and it was just one of those days. I, I looked at what I had going on and I'm like, this is a burn day. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, where, where can I find space in this day? And I was able to carve out a little space and it, because of this chapter and because of this book, it, it allowed me to recognize that. And I think having just that awareness is, is really important. This is a, it's a, this is a great book that I, I feel like everybody should read. Um, we, we, we spent a lot of time right here on this chapter, uh, create space, uh, but when we, we started this, we, I, we each kind of picked the three that, that stood out for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the uh, never retire, I think, came up. And then yeah. I know for me that do it for you, which as, you know, a, a recovering rescuer, if you will, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. somebody that wants to get in and help everybody, uh, the do it for you. That was a chapter that really spoke to me. I think, I, I think we're going to come back to this book in this yeah. podcast at one point in time and we're either going to reference it or we're going to, to come to a, a chapter and be like, Hey, this is relevant in our lives right now where I think space is relevant for everybody right now. And mm-hmm. how we, how we show up, whether it's a thinking, doing, burn, or space moment, I think this is something. I feel like in this sentence, I've said think a lot. I think uh, so. Yeah, I think so. Um, it, there, there's a lot to be said here, and this is a a, a great book. And I know we're going to be back to it. Definitely. it. Instead of think, I said no. I know <laughs> we're going to be back to it. Um, yeah. Is there, is there anything else you want to say about this book before we wrap it up? Look, the, the book is a great book. It is, by the way, the, the happiness equation by Neil Pazricha, I believe, I think is that, is that what we settled on? Pazricha? I, I think that's what we settled on. I I'm hoping we get it right because I, I want to give Neil the respect he deserves for definitely. And I would say that especially now, like in today's uh, age, even, I mean, even without the pandemic, but frankly, especially with <laughs> uh, the pandemic having done what it's done and, and changed our outlook, I think people need a book like this. I, pe- I think people need happiness. Um, I think people need uh, a way to look at the world and to realize um the goodness that first of all is already there and the good things that they can put into the world. And I think that this book is one way to kind of help people get that figured out. And I'm really glad that we came to talk about this chapter in particular, because uh, with the number of people that are experiencing burnout right now with working from home throughout the course of the pandemic, and for some people that worked for them and you know, my hat's off to them. That's fantastic. Um, but I think a lot of people see there I am, I'm overusing think as well. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's easy to do with, with how we both feel about this book. Sure. And, and I'm not the kind of person that's going to like say, you know, you have to read this book. Everybody needs <laughs> to read this book. I think people should. Um, yeah. Because 
I care about people being happy and well-adjusted. Um, and I think this chapter is important because of something that you said earlier on, which is that at any time we're in one of those states, think, burn, do, or space. And I think being able to find that space is actually really instrumental in finding happiness. I'm not saying that happiness lives there, but I don't believe somebody can find it without being intimately familiar with all four of those spaces. Yeah. And it's that being familiar and recognizing when you're in them and going, oh, I'm in burn right now. Mm -hmm. I need to walk around the block really quick or or just be like like you said i, I need to burn for the next two hours because it's what it's gotta be yeah. i got a deadline i gotta get this stuff done my team's counting on me i think that's fine but then know. know that you're in burn and that you're gonna need to find time to get out of burn and transition back to something that's yeah. um less damaging to you because we can't yeah. spend all our time there we cannot we cannot Dude. Well, my dude, dude. Well done, dude. Uh, El El Duderino. Yeah, I'll take uh, the, it. I'll take El, El yeah. Duderino. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This uh, this is a fun book. Uh, I'm glad we talked about this book. Um, mm -hmm. um, I know we'll talk about it again. Uh, enjoy that we're doing this is an evening one because of scheduling. This is where we we got to. So I'm mm -hmm. glad we're able to make this happen. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, enjoy enjoy your your evening and whatever space you're able to create for yourself for the rest of the night. I sure will try. It's been a pleasure, dude. Been a pleasure. Until next time. Until next time. Our podcast was originally recorded on Zoom. Special thanks to Skillsoul on Pixabay for providing our intro and outro music. If you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, please hit the like and subscribe button on your podcast provider. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes Review Books. Let us know what you think we should review. Keep reading, keep learning, keep growing, keep pursuing what's important to you, and keep listening to our podcast. Stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> 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 <laughs>